Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. I had, uh, I had read this last week on Facebook. Didn't really pay a lot of attention to it. But this morning, as I was preparing, the Lord brought it back to me, and I think it think it goes with what God is doing here this morning. It's that quote that said, I threw in the towel, God threw it back, and said, wipe your face, you're almost there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. He said, I want to tell you this morning, uh, worship, worship is, is awesome this morning. Uh, every song that you guys have sung, I believe today has been prophetic. And I believe God is speaking this morning, and, and I believe that, I, I, I just believe this morning that today is a day of shifting for, for people that are in this room. This is a day that, that things are moving from one place to another. Some things that are, that, that are shifting and God, is, God is, is rearranging some things. So I just, I believe that today and I want to share this word with you this morning and I I don't want to. I don't want to get in the way of what God is doing. At the same time, I don't want to miss what God is doing. And so, I want to share this with you this morning. This word that God's given me today, because I believe it's a prophetic word. Last last evening, uh, it's just been one of those weeks that we've had that's just been extremely fast-paced running, going, so much going on, so many things taking place, and it's just been one of those weeks that that uh, even though you study and pray, you still feel like you've just been drained and you're empty. And uh, last evening, uh, when I literally, when I laid down in bed, Holy Spirit spoke to me two words, wiping and washing, wiping and washing. And I laid there and I was tired and I said, that's just, that's just my, my mind going there. And, but I woke up this morning about four o'clock and those words rolling over and over in my mind, wiping and washing or washing and wiping and so I want to share this with you this morning that I believe that God's given me thank you guys Jordan and uh, all of you thank you so much for such powerful worship wasn't that worship awesome amen every aspect of it 
Amen. So with that word, if you if you will, those of you that are still standing, remain standing, and those of you that are sitting, if you will, stand with us. And I want to read uh, five verses of Scripture to you from John chapter 13, beginning with verse 1. John chapter 13, beginning with verse 1. I, I believe that that God gave me those words in a... Uh, a different context of than the scripture that that I'm going to read this morning, and I I dared not want to take it out of context. So I'm going to share with you, uh, and, I, and what I believe is a prophetic word, and then then I'm going to share with you about the scripture that I believe that God. Is, is speaking uh, to us uh, here today and to those of you that are here today. I believe the Lord spoke to me on those two words, washing and wiping, uh, that, that God spoke to me and said there is a, that word washing is the, the heart of a servant. And we're going to talk about that this morning the heart of a servant, of uh, taken out of uh, this scripture this morning, of where Jesus began to wash his disciples' feet, uh, and so I believe that that word washing is a word to somebody today that God's going to do a shift in in your life, uh, and and uh, God's going to put you in a uh, role of a servant. And that your role of a servant uh, is going to be to other people, not that you are going to be uh, a maid or, or, or a janitor or, or anything like that, but it's going to be a role that, that's going to be, you're going to be set by God in a place of service, whether it's to uh, people, whether it's to your community, whether it's to your city. Or wherever, but God's going to put you in a role of serving, and that word washing is is the word that describes your serving in that particular role. And then God spoke to me about the word wiping, and I didn't really understand uh, what He was saying to me about the word wiping. But here's what God said: God said, "The servant that serves effectively must know how to wipe their feet effectively." And so the word wiping is taken from the scripture that says when you go into a place and uh, deliver to them what God has given to you and they refuse to hear you and refuse to listen to you, God said wipe the dust from your feet and move on. And God said don't worry about it so I'm taking the pressure off of you this morning that though there's been some things that you might have been rejected in areas, you might have been pushed to the side in areas and, and all of that and you let that get inside of you and it's affecting the way that you wash. It's affecting the way that you wash, the way that you serve, God said, wipe your feet. Wipe your feet. Don't worry about it. 
You've done what I said do, the Lord said, so wipe your feet and let me deal with the rest of it. So washing and wiping. Amen. That's what Holy Spirit spoke to me, so I give it to you. John chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he was girded. You know the story. Peter looked at him and said, Lord, what are you doing? Jesus rebuked him. That's, that's not in what I want to talk about this morning. I want to use these first five scriptures to talk about uh, this morning. Uh, we've been talking about it's time to soak. Uh, I didn't I didn't dream this message up. This is something that God just spoke to me this morning real early and uh and uh I was drawn to it because of the two words that God had given me washing and wiping. But then the Lord began to take me in another direction. So I'm just going to give you what God's given me, all right? And I'm I probably I'm not going to be long unless you know so uh, I'm going to try to have you out at least by 1.30 or 2 o'clock. And um, don't worry, they, they, uh, they refurbish the, the buffets after about 12.30 when all the Baptist folks get through with them. And then the Pentecostal folks come in and, and uh, we can graze on some fresh food, okay? All right. Father, we love you. We thank you today for your word, and I thank you for the power of your word. Father, I realize today that within myself I'm weak, but I know that through you nothing is impossible. So let your word today penetrate, let it move, let it touch, let it transform us today in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. I'm going to just try to stay with what, what I've, I've gotten down this morning. This passage of Scripture <clears throat> comes uh, just hours literally hours according to commentaries it comes just hours before jesus would be arrested in the garden of gethsemane and uh from there taken to a mock trial tied to a whipping post and beaten uh beyond recognition and then eventually going to the cross so the reason that i wanted to bring that out is that uh you would think that uh it being just hours before Jesus was going to suffer uh, shame and reproach for our sins, you would think that he would pick another topic, pick another line of discussion or a line of ministering uh, that would be different from what he's doing now. But, uh, but he didn't. 
uh, one of the things uh, in that uh, group that he was in was there's a there was a lot of of power struggle. There was a lot of uh, going back and forth of who was going to be the greatest and who was going to have the opportunity to sit on the right hand of the Father. Uh, you re recall uh, James and John's mom came and asked Jesus if 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 her sons would be able to sit on one on his right hand and the other on his left hand and, and all that. So it was a lot of power struggle going on. And so Jesus took this opportunity. And I believe it's a beautiful picture of the selfless love of Christ for his followers. Uh, there's a big difference between selfishness and selflessness. We're living in a selfish culture today where people are very selfish. They, it's all about them. Uh, and and uh, if we're not careful, we will allow those things, those attitudes to bleed into our worship with God, where our worship with God be becomes all about me. It's all about what church is going to do for me. And, and I believe church should be uh, a place that you can get something out of when you go there. I believe it's important that you be fed, that you be ministered to, and, and that you feel refreshed by the worship and by the Word of God when you come to church. But uh, if that's all it is to you, and that's all that you get out of it, I want to warn you because there will be a day when even the best of services and even the best of worship will not feed you anymore. Uh, there will be a day when even the best of sermons uh, will not minister to you anymore. And you say, Pastor, how can that be? Uh, it's because uh, if we become so self-focused, then what we're doing is we, we are, a, uh, we are uh, we're receiving in, but we're not letting out. And freshness in the Spirit only comes by me receiving with this hand and taking it into my spirit and giving it out with this hand. You see, that's uh, any body of water, uh, a fish pond, for example, that's set out in the middle of, of the field that doesn't have a, an inlet and an outlet to it becomes a stagnant body of water. The Red Sea is one that has an inlet but has no outlet, and that's the reason that it is stagnant. And so uh, when my life becomes one that I am only taking in all the time and never giving out, my life will eventually become stagnant. And those things that used to feed me don't feed me anymore. Those things that used to satisfy me about God's Word no longer satisfy because I'm not letting those things get out of me and feeding. I am fulfilled when I fulfill others. As a, as a believer and as a Christian, you get your fulfillment when you fulfill uh, God through other people. When you help other people find Jesus, when that's the reason that some of you this morning you would serve, you you serve people, you serve and you serve and you serve and you go home and you drag your rack of bones into your house in the evening time and you collapse on the sofa or something like that and your gifts slam out, but yet in your mind you feel good because you've been able to serve people and and because that is that anointing that is 
is that gifting that's on the inside of you. You've God, uh, God has placed that in you because that is who He is. He wants us to serve. And so when we, when we look at that, and the first words of this passage of Scripture uh, tells us that now before the feast of the Passover, and, and Jesus was the Passover lamb. How many of you know that? He was the one that was going to be sacrificed. He was the lamb of God that was going to be sacrificed. And so he was the Passover lamb, but yet he took this opportunity not to talk about himself as being the Passover lamb, but he took this opportunity to tell his disciples the important concept and the important principle of knowing how to serve and knowing how to be served. All right? The Bible says that uh, Jesus, knowing that his hour was, had come, that he should depart out of this world and, and all of that. And in verse 2, and the Bible says that, and supper being ended. I read that this morning, and these are the things that God spoke to me. There's, there's some things that in your life that are about to end, and that end, uh, that word end in that uh, passage or that context represents that there is a there's about to be a change in in the, in the story. There's about to be a shift in the story. Uh, Jesus was there. He loved his disciples. The Bible says that supper came to an end. And, and uh, there, listen, there always has to be an end before there can be a beginning. And God said to tell you this morning that there's some things in your life that are about to come to an end and, and, and situations perhaps that are about to end. But understand this, don't get uptight and don't get worried and don't get stressed out because things have to end in order for there to be a new beginning in your life. In, or, in order for God to shift you from one place to another, he has to end this in order to start that. Listen, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 1, uh, when the, the uh, children of Israel were still in Egypt, they had not been delivered out of Egypt yet, they were still there in Egypt, the Bible says that God spoke uh, to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt and said this, He said, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. So what God was saying was, Look, I'm about to bring you out of bondage. I'm about to deliver you out of the bondage of Egypt, and, and I, I want to tell you that what I am about to do needs to represent a new beginning to you. It needs to represent a fresh start to you. So what God was saying to Moses in Exodus 12 and verse 1 and Aaron was this, I am about to stop the, the effect of the taskmaster on your life, I'm about to deliver you out of bondage. But it is not just a comma of where you're going to pick up and go on. God said it is a period at the end of the sentence. I am stopping that. It is dead. It is gone. It is over. It is no longer going to affect you. And from here on, there is going to be a new beginning. Get that in your spirit that God's about to end something in my life, but there's a new beginning that's coming. There's something new that's about to rise up and it's going to be life changing to me so when supper was ended the narrative of the story changed you need to look at your neighbor and say the narrative of my story is about to change 
Here's the other thing that God began to deal with me about. He said, I want, you to, I want you to say this, son. He said, I want you to tell people that they've sat around the table long enough. Supper has ended. There's a shift in the narrative of, of your story. You've sat at the table and you, you've, you've feasted on the manna from heaven and you've enjoyed all the good things and it's been good as you sat at the table, but God said supper is over now. It's time to get up from the table and move on. Now, I'm trying to be fast, okay? That's not in my nature, but I'm trying. I want you to notice the second, the, the next part in verse 2. The Bible says, And supper being ended, comma, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray Jesus. I should catch this. Supper was ended, comma, the devil having now put in the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus. All right? In other words, the seed had already been planted by which the enemy had plans to destroy Jesus. You say, Pastor, you could have said all a lot of other stuff and missed that and not said that. Just, just hold on. Anytime there's a new beginning, expect a new warfare. All right? Anytime God begins to do something new in your life, you can expect that the seed has already been planted. The seed has already been set for your demise in that area because you scare hell to death when you begin to move forward in your relationship with God. So here's the thing. There is a warfare, but 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 10 and verse 3 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God's already got the enemy's number. What the devil had already, the seed that the devil had already planted is not going to bring forth a harvest because God's already got his number. And, and listen, in Isaiah chapter uh, 54 and verse 17, the Bible says this, no weapon. Everybody say no weapon. No weapon formed against me will prosper, and every tongue that will rise up against me in judgment will be condemned. Why is that? Because, because this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is not of Pastor Phillips. Your righteousness is not of McCullough Christian Center, but your righteousness is of the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't say that weapons would not be set against you. He just simply said no weapon formed against you would prosper. So they're going going to be weapons that are going to be set against you. There are going to be uh, weapons that are going to be aligned against you to stop what God is wanting to do. Listen, the devil wants to stop the new beginning. He wants to, he, he doesn't care about what's ending. He just wants to stop the new beginning. But I want to tell you something this morning that God's already said. He's already spoken. He's already declared it that no weapon formed against me will prosper and that every tongue that wants to wag its ugly self at me and and talk about me and talk me down God said I'll condemn that thing you ain't got to worry about it he said I'll shut it down and, and I'll raise up the standard against it because you are my righteousness alright I want you to notice something else and I'm moving extremely fast you're just going to have to go back and study this for yourself 
So the devil is already planned. He's already plotted. He's already strategized and all of that. But I want you to notice Jesus in verse 3, knowing that the Father, look at that word knowing. That word knowing is an intimate word that, that describes the relationship between a husband and wife. Knowing, Jesus knew intimately. What did he know? He knew that the Father had given all things into his hands. He knew that he was come from God and went to God. So Jesus knew the Father had given all things into his hands. He knew where he had come from, and he knew where he was going. Here's the important thing, guys. Those three things you need to know. I need to know. I need to know that, that God's Word has already given me everything that I need. Second thing I need to know, I need to know where my help's coming from. Third thing I need to know, I need to know that when I'm finished here, I'm going there. All right? So the Bible says that Jesus rose from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and began to wash the feet of the disciples. Here's the thing that I want you to notice. Jesus laid aside his garments. He laid aside the garments that he was wearing. He took them off. He girded himself with a towel and began to wash his disciples' feet. He began to serve his disciples. If you look back in Leviticus chapter 16, the high priest, the high priest, before he entered into the Holy of Holies, had on this beautiful garment, had on this breastplate, that was covered with beautiful stones that represented the 12 tribes of Israel, had on this beautiful headdress, and, and he was girt about with gold uh, all over, uh, purple, purple uh, beautiful robe that was on. But before he went into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement, he took off all of those robes. He divested himself of all the beautiful robes and garments that he was wearing. And he, he stripped all the way down to his linen undergarments. And that's when he went into the Holy of Holies. Why is that? Because God doesn't care about your status. God doesn't care about how you look on the outside. God doesn't care about your position God doesn't care about how much money you've got in the bank when you come into the presence of God I come there just like the millionaire does the millionaire goes there just like the pauper does it doesn't matter when I come into the presence of God I come into his presence he sees me not of who I am but he sees the red blood of his son that has been applied to my life and that is the reason that God said when you come into my presence take off all your strappings take off all of your uh, garments take everything off because when you come into me, you're coming in as a servant. So Jesus laid aside his garments and began to minister to his disciples. Now, here's the thing that I believe that God is wanting to, to speak to us today is that, that it's time to take what God's given you 
and begin to serve others. All right? God wants you to serve. God wants you to be a servant. All throughout the New Testament where you see the word minister, it's translated into the word servant. So everything that we do as Christians and as a body of believers is based upon servitude and servanthood. I'm going to give you one more scripture and I'm going to close. Everybody say promises, promises. In the book of Philippians, chapter 2 and verse 5, the Bible says this, that that Paul said, let this mind be in you. Everybody say this mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What is that saying? If you translate that in the Greek, it simply means God wants you to start thinking like Jesus did. All right? So Paul said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, Jesus being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Jesus being in the form of God took upon him the form of a servant. Now, What is that word form? That word form identifies, it is that which identifies us in the eyes of other people. When you look at me and see my form, then you, you, I am identified by the form that you see with your eyes. Jesus was in the form of uh, God, but he took upon himself the form of a servant. In other words, He took upon himself that that no longer identified him as being in the form of God, and he became the form in the form of a lowly servant and began to serve others. All right? And so, having done that, the Bible says because he did that, that God gave him a name that was above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, who humbled himself in the form of a servant, to become the form of a servant, At the name of Jesus, every knee would bow of things in heaven, things on earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, when we understand the principle behind that, Jesus was exalted because he became a servant. All right? And when you and I begin to serve in the capacity that God wants us to serve, that's where we're going to begin to see our blessing begin to flow. You say, Pastor, I don't understand how I can serve others. You pray about it, and God will begin to reveal. I can't stand here this morning and say, you're going to serve like this, and you're going to do like that. But I can tell you this. We need a servolution. We need a servolution. We need a revolution of servants raising up. So remember this. If you, if you don't serve, if you don't give of what you've been given, you will become stagnant in your relationship with God. That's the reason that you'll begin to look, look like a, a bullfrog that's been sucking on lemons. All right? 
That's really what you look like. Uh, see, I see things differently than you standing up here. Uh, <laughs> stand with me, please. I told you I was going to stop. Y'all lagging me on. You see, because God, God is looking for servants. He's looking for people who will serve. So I'm telling you this morning, we need you to begin to serve, not only in the body of Christ, but to serve outside of the church. So if you want to get involved in serving, we have a multiplicity of places that you can serve and be a part of what God's doing here. We need people in uh, the sound booth. We need people upstairs that know how to run the iMac. We need people that know how to run the camera. We need people that are serving in the back in, in the areas of children's ministry, uh, nursery, those areas. We need people out front. Uh, listen, most of you probably don't even know, but there are people that are out front right now that are there because they want to make sure that you are safe in here. All right? So we need people that are serving. I didn't preach this message because of that, but I just thought I'd throw that in. It was convenient. I think it sounds pretty good. It fits there pretty good, so I'm just going to throw it in. You need to be able get involved all right I know this has been a little bit different but we've already had an awesome time of prayer so here's what I want you to do this morning I want you to catch the picture of Jesus <clears throat> if there was anybody that could have said, I don't have to do that. That's not going to add anything to me. It was Jesus. If there was anybody that could have said, you know, I can I cannot do that and still be who I am, still be what I am, then Jesus could have said that. But the beauty of that is this that even though he didn't have to do it, and even though he could have continued being Jesus if he had not done it, he chose to do that. And if I follow him in baptism, if I follow him in his word, if I follow him as my Savior, then I must follow him as well in the example that he set for me to serve. So what can God do through me? How can I serve others through him? So get that picture this morning. The son of God. I like to look at it like this. He was the son of God. He was the king of heaven. He was the Lord of glory. He was the mighty God. He was the prince of peace. He was the shepherd. He was the lion of Judah. He was the rose of Sharon. 
He was the lily of the valley. He was the bride and the morning star. He was the, he was the lamb of God. He was the prince of peace. He was the cornerstone. He was the strong tower. He was all of that, and he had a towel girded around his waist, and he bowed down on his knees, and he took the dirty old foot, of, of his disciples and he pulled them up close to him and he took water and he washed the dirty feet of his disciples with a crown on his head with a robe of righteousness on his back with all the weight of the world resting upon him the son of God loved me enough to bow his knee and take up the dirty foot of a servant and wash it and wipe it off and clean it off and make it all new and clean he did that he didn't have to do it he did it because he loved me but he did it more than that so that I would follow in the footsteps because I am a high priest or I am uh, the priesthood of God I am chosen by him I am a royal priesthood I am a holy nation I am an heir and a joint heir with Christ you're getting the picture. That's the reason I do it. I don't have to do it to maintain who I am, but I choose to do it because he chose to do it when he didn't have to do it, and that's the reason I do it because I want to please him. I want every aspect of my life to shout to him that I love you. I'm so glad that you did that for me, that I have the opportunity to do it for others. So that is the reason that I'll go out of my way to serve you. That is the reason that I'll go out of my way to do something that will bless you just because God did it for me so I'm doing it for you and I'm going to hush right there all right go ahead come on amen hallelujah father we love you today lord we thank you that you did that that you did not have to do for us you gave the example you set the example for us and father you didn't have to do it but you did it because of your unconditional agape love that you have for us and lord i'm thankful for that today so lord this morning help us as a body of believers to portray the same love that you gave to us to others lord help us to learn how to serve in our home help us to learn how to serve on our job and god today father i just bless your people today I bless every home that's represented here this morning. And, Father, as we uh, tomorrow celebrate Memorial Day, Father, help us to remember the price that's been paid for us that gives us the opportunity to do what we do. We thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.